Hey, all you amazing entrepreneurs out there, welcome to episode number six of the Relentless Entrepreneur Podcast. This is a good one today. We got my friend Steven Reinstein joining us. He is the owner of Market Muscles and Pulse CRM. And uh, man, we, we talk a lot about marketing. We talk about websites, what you need to have on there, what helps, uh, different metrics to look at too, to see if your website is performing like it should be. And then we just sort of talk about some of the things that we think are going to change in 2021 and some things that need to be focal points when it comes to marketing. So I'm excited for all of you guys to jump in uh, and listen to this conversation that we had and uh, get your pen and your paper and get ready to take some notes. Here we go. Welcome to the Relentless Entrepreneur Podcast. They've been trying me, but I'm resilient for real. Follow your path to success alongside icons. I like thought of profit, man. I hardly do percent. And industry leaders in martial arts and fitness. I'm a hard hitter. Hey. This is the Relentless Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's get it. And now, Adam Kiefer. All right. I am uh I'm excited for this episode, guys. We have Steven Reinstein, who uh, not only is the founder and CEO of Market Muscles, but he's got this new thing coming out called Pulse, which I'm really excited for. Steven, how are you doing? Good, good. Appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, man. I'm glad uh, that we could get you on here. You were actually, uh, back when I was doing the other podcast, you were like one of my first guests on that podcast. And uh, it's been crazy to see how far both of us have uh, (laughs) come since that point. Yeah, I remember you used to do those mixes after each guest came on, right? Yes. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but like my jams are like 80s and 90s R&B. So I was just waiting for my mix to come out. But uh, <laughs> maybe well, I got to get our team on that. Daniel, you're listening <laughs> to this. We, we need the slow jam mix for Steven. Please, please. I need something while I'm working out to <laughs> to listen to. Steven likes to work out to the baby making music. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. I, I was actually thinking back the other day to, uh, I don't even know if you remember our, our first conversation was through Facebook. You just had the TV software going on. And I think I only had, I didn't even have an app at the time. I just had the music mixes like service. And we we're like already talking then about how we can collaborate. And I don't think at that point, either one of us knew uh, <laughs> where where it was going to lead down the road. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, I was looking back at like uh, just like previous financial data just to kind of, I don't know, reminisce, see where we started and everything. And it was 2016 when we got started, which seems like it was yesterday. I know it's almost five years ago or five years ago now, um, but it's just wild. And, you know, now we've had the opportunity to connect at a bunch of events and super shows and, you know, see each other grow. I remember first time. You know, we set up a booth. It was just like a dinky little thing. And, uh, you know, same thing with you guys. And every year, you know, it just got better and better and better. And it's it's cool to see for for both of us, for sure. Yeah, it's been awesome. And uh, I, I, I have a lot of respect for you just because not only have you helped to innovate a lot of things in our industry that needed innovation, uh, websites being part of it, but also like uh, we when, when I took over the school that we're at now, we signed on to Market Muscles, I think, like right after I took over. And then pandemic hit like a month and a half later. And I was so glad we signed over because you pivoted so fast to making it super easy to do online classes and people to access Zoom through the member site. Um, and I'm somewhat tech savvy, but not super tech savvy. And it was just so simple to lay out. And uh, 
we you probably saved us at least a couple dozen students because we were able to pivot so quickly. And we even had parents that were like, you guys pivoted quicker than the school system. And I'm like, market muscles for the win. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. That's that's like my my passion. You know, like I do the the speaking and the marketing and that sort of stuff for us. But like my real passion and kind of what I did even before market muscles was more on the technology side. So, you know, that with COVID popping up and us having that opportunity to build out something quick, I mean, that's kind of like my bread and butter and, you know, putting in the late nights to get that done. It's like, it's easy when you love what you do, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that it made such an impact for for you and a lot of other schools out there. And, you know, now we get to take that same passion and apply it to, you know, things like Pulse. So it's, it's, it's fun. So speaking of Pulse, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Um, can, for, for everyone listening to this call that doesn't know what it is, uh, can you just explain what, what this Pulse project is that, you, that you've been working on? Yeah. Um, so any, any time that we're looking at creating something new for our clients, our thought process is always what's going to make their life easier. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, our industry in terms of like, the products out there, it's always been kind of split in terms of like you get your CRM from one place and you get your website from another place and then you get your, you know, Facebook ads and marketing from another place. And there really hasn't been anyone that has been able to kind of do not everything, but the CRM and the website really well. Like there's been CRM companies that have offered websites, but it's it's been like an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, or there's been website companies that have offered CRM type features, but it was never like the full on, you know, everything that a school needs. So, you know, about a year ago, uh, or maybe even a little bit more than a year, actually, it's been a while. So um, I I guess just to explain real quick, so Pulse is a a full on CRM, you know, that allows school owners to do all of their daily uh, management stuff like billing and rank tracking and attendance tracking and, you know, uh, uh, marketing communication and everything that you would kind of expect from a CRM. But our own unique take on those things, of course. But the the name Pulse and the idea of us doing this um, was actually something that we thought of way back when we began the company back in 2016. And I always had this Dropbox folder, like in our company Dropbox called Pulse. And I can go back and see exactly which date we created it. So like, it's, it's something that we've always wanted to do. It's just didn't really line up until, you know, about a year ago where we we said that you know we've created a really great website product, and you know even recently we've we've redone it again just to make it even better. But I think it it made sense. The timing made sense for us to come out with a system that was you know all in one, where a yeah. client can log in, manage their website and their CRM, you know, from a really innovative and um, you know just great user experience. Yeah, I think uh, most CRMs too, not even like having everything in one place or, or website being an afterthought. I think the whole marketing side of most CRMs are an afterthought. Yeah. I think people go into it with that sort of member management focus. And while they may be pretty good at that, like usually the marketing stuff looks like they duct tape some pieces on there and we're like, well, this, right. this will at least like get them by. Um, so the one thing I, I love about what I've seen of Pulse so far is that's not the case with Pulse. You guys have thought out about not only um, the member management side, but also you guys have a really awesome system to nurture leads through text and email to be able to customize flows and all that stuff. And uh, that has been missing from 
pretty much not only like martial arts industry, but fitness industry as well. It doesn't really have anything that great that does it either. So that, that was like, when I saw that, I was like, sold, like sign me up. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I guess we're kind of lucky to be kind of, I guess, late in the game, you could say, because we get to learn from everyone else and, you know, the, the mistakes that have been made and, and what people have done that's worked and what hasn't worked. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it kind of helped us decide which direction that we were going to go with things. And um, I think in general, like the martial arts industry from a technology aspect has always been like five or 10 years behind, like other kind of That's very generous <laughs> Yeah, five or yeah. 10 years. Well, well, now that I'm getting into other industries and I see where they are, I'm like, okay, maybe martial arts isn't too bad, but um, yeah, I mean, we've always been behind, right? And, and one of the things that I pride myself in, in in our company is that we've been able to take very innovative approaches and, and bring it to our industry. And and uh, like you had mentioned before, which I appreciate, you know, being able to kind of get us all up to date, you know, on, on the website yeah. side of things. So, um, you know, same thing goes with the CRM. I really look forward to, you know, when we get to release it to everybody because we've we've, you know, taken that same thought process of making sure it's something that's, you know, on par with the biggest CRMs that are out there or the biggest uh, programs that are out there. Like the the designer that we hired, um, the design projects that he's worked on in the, in the you know, relatively recent uh, period are like big, big corporations like Uber and, you know, just, just really like, you know, uh, large companies that you expect the best from in terms of like design and user experience. And I wasn't going to put out something that was, you know, crappy. You know, I was going to make sure that that if we're going to invest the money and do this, it's going to be done right. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I love that you have that mindset because I think uh, for a long time in our industry is about just making a quick buck with a lot of people that are going out there and not really about like creating sustainable, long lasting uh, results, creating great user experiences. Like uh, we just, we just hired a, a copywriter, for our company that generated over a billion dollars in revenue last year from his copy that he wrote. Um, and I was like, I, I want to find the best people to, to create our ads. I want to find the best people to write the email copy that we're giving our clients and uh, so, someone that's proven it. So we need more people like that in this industry that are, are trying to bring the best to the martial arts industry. Cause I think that's going to be huge. Um, one thing I want to talk to you about, cause man, I, I think one of the most frequently asked questions in every Facebook group for martial arts is like websites, right? Like everyone's talking about websites. Uh, so many yep. people are creating their own and you and I have uh, shared some awesome links of, of <laughs> some interesting looking websites that we, that we've come across. Um, but uh, for everyone that has a website out there, what, what are some of the top things that you see missing from websites or done incorrectly on, on other websites that people really need to be aware of? Yeah. I, you know, one of the most common questions we get is what makes your websites work so well? And I think that's, that's a good way to put, you know, what's what's kind of wrong with other websites. And it's always a lot of small things. And um, the best way that I, I like to think about it, and it's going back to user experiences, you never want to give an excuse for your, you know, the people that are coming to your website to leave or, you know, basically perform an action that you don't want them to take. So, all the decisions with your website, whether it's you know how many navigation items you have on there, uh, how easy it is for them to opt in, what is the actual opt-in text, like all these these small things that you really wouldn't think makes that big of a difference. Once once you add them all up, it makes all the difference. Yep. Because what we see a lot of the time is that we'll launch a new website for a client, and uh, 
you know, even before they're driving, you know, additional traffic than what they were doing before, they're getting way more leads just because, you know, the, the website is set up to be in, in the optimal format. And, um, you know, we have a unique advantage over a lot of companies, uh, especially ones that don't focus specifically on, on martial arts or child activity centers specifically, um, where we get to see data at, at, at such a large, you know, uh, amount in terms of like yeah. having, you know, over 600 locations that we work with. And um, yeah, it just gives us a unique advantage in terms of making those decisions that are going to really drive more, more leads. So um, you know, I could, I could talk about specific things that make a website really good, but it's really a lot of small decisions that make it happen. Um, just check out any of our websites and really start to look at the way that we set things up. There's always consistent call to action. Uh, the opt-in text that we always use is very non-committal. I mm-hmm. see a lot of people, they'll, they'll make their opt-in say like, Hey, sign up for a two week trial. But you need people to be mentally ready to actually take a step on the mat if they're going to fill out their information for a two-week trial, rather than just offering them your schedule and then access to look at what your special is, which is a lot easier. It's a lot less committal than, you know, signing up for a two-week trial. So, yeah, um, I mean, there's there's so much to go over in terms of that. But, uh, yeah, just just a lot of small things make a really big difference. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's... You know, what's funny too is uh, a lot of those threads where I see people like pushing like their website or just create it on Wix. Like the first thing I do is I pull it up on mobile since that's like where all the traffic is coming from. And then like you got to scroll sideways on those sites and like <laughs> everything's overlapped. Um, so that's definitely something I see. Also, the, the one that I appreciate about you guys, because when we're when we're testing our clients' websites and landing pages that they have, we're, we're always looking at load time because that that's... Uh, has a big effect on ad performance, right? If uh, if it takes like six or seven seconds to load the website, people are already gone answering text messages or Facebook messages by that time. So you guys have done great with that. Um, and it's funny because we ran, uh, we've run some tests against like other website companies as far as like running, running the same ads to multiple websites. Uh, every time we've done it, you guys have had the highest conversion percentage on your website. So uh, if anyone is listening to this and you're looking for a switch, don't be an idiot. Go to market muscles. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate that. And I think it all goes back to not giving a, an excuse for someone to leave your website. And if it's yeah. taking five or six seconds to load, you know, they're going to bounce away and, and uh, see something else. And I mean, the, the topic of bounce rate is something that we could spend, you know, a bunch of time on in right. general. But uh, again, you know, your load time is, is huge. Uh, your, your copy is going to be huge as well. Being able to pull someone in and make sure that they, you know, get spoken to and, and know that you guys are the right choice to fix whatever issue that they have. Um, and all those things have to be done really quickly. Awesome. And then uh, what, what do you think is next for, uh, for digital marketing for 2021? What do you think is coming up on the forefront? I always love talking about this stuff. Yeah, I did a webinar recently about that. And like, I really think the basics is like the key going into 2021 because there is a lot of exciting potential things to, you know, be looking at. One of the big things that I saw recently, and this is really with the service-based businesses, but with Google now recommending businesses based on, you know, if they're the number one in, in the area. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot with like painting and uh, construction businesses. And it's not applying yet to martial arts schools, but it will soon. And then all of a sudden, everyone will start 
paying attention to their Google My Business, which I know a lot of schools don't right now. Yep. Um, but on the website side of things, it's it's really the basics. It's how fast does your website load? It's you know how optimal is it uh, set up to convert? You know, are you giving dead ends to people? Which is a big thing that I see where you know someone opts in, they're excited about learning more about your school, and then you just show them like a thank you page, and we'll reach out and then give them a call in like a day or two, and yep. you know then their excitement is gone. So. You know, what else can you do to continue them on this path of learning more? And that's something that we see a lot in the internet marketing industry in, in general, where you're like, you never want to give someone a dead end, especially if they're excited about it. Um, so it'll be cool to see, you know, how martial arts schools start to use that. I've seen people like, you know, after you opt in, you go to an offer page after they purchase a trial, then it goes to another page, which then shows them like a video of what they can expect on their first day. And then maybe from there, they can start uh, watching videos of, uh, testimonials and people's experiences. And then, I don't know, maybe you feed them another email just like a, a couple of minutes later where they can practice their first move or something. There, there's so many ideas that you can do with, you know, hooking people right in the beginning that's not being done. So I would say the the basics are going to be key for, for 2021 if people can just focus on that. Um, yeah. And then I guess the other piece is just how can you continue to keep your leads and your trials as engaged as possible? Awesome. So actually, it's funny. One of the most frequently asked questions that we get when we're doing like marketing audits for people um, or doing like a discovery call with them about the agency is like, well, someone told me that I could just uh, get a landing page and they don't have to have a website or pay for a website anymore. And I hear this all the time. And it's usually some agency that's telling them that because they're like, hey, you just pay us. We'll give you a landing page. You don't need a website anymore. I think that's a crack of crap. because you have no like recognition on Google whatsoever if you're just running a landing page. Um, and Stephen, can you just sort of educate our audience? Because uh, you're obviously more of a, a website guy than me on why a landing page is not a, a suitable replacement for a website. Yeah, I think that concept got really popular by ClickFunnels because yeah. that was like their their big push because they wanted everyone to start seeing the value of, of funnels and landing pages. And there is a lot of value, especially when it comes to, um, you know, running paid traffic. If, if a website's not set up to be, you know, optimally built to get people to do whatever action you want them to do, then a funnel, you know, would be really good at doing that. So, um, I mean, but the answer is, is you know, you definitely need a website because uh, typically funnels are not set up to be SEO friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, a- SEO in general is a, a wildly complex topic, um, you know, but some of the things that go into SEO are, you know, the content you have on your website, how much content's there, how long your domain has been uh, established for, how many people link to your domain, um, you know, and, and it goes on and on. But Usually with funnels and landing pages, you're you're kind of buying a domain specifically for that purpose, that, whatever that. it might be. Yeah, so so it never really ranks well for SEO. I mean, funnels typically don't have a ton of content. It's usually a one page, you know, type type deal with maybe a, a couple extra pages just for like a thank you or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's very unique purposes for a website and for a funnel. And, you know, we try to marry the two, which, you know, you talked about a bit before when you're running traffic to our websites, you know, we set up our program pages very specifically to mimic funnels. So that way, once they're on that page, they really only have one option or two options. It's either fill out their information or leave. We don't really allow them to like click off to your blog or your about page or just get distracted with different things, which is the purpose of a funnel, really. So um, I think there's a, a good opportunity to kind of marry both and you know, have them in the same place, but 
Yeah, you definitely need a website for sure. Just because, I mean, if you think about it, so you know, paid ad or paid ads in terms of like Facebook, you're usually interrupting somebody uh, that's doing something that's else, right? They're not thinking about martial arts, right? Exactly. And um, when it comes to your website and like ranking on Google or, or running Google ads, these are people who are actually seeking out martial arts lessons or you know some sort of child activity or whatever it might be or fitness or whatever. So. Um, you know, unless you plan on uh, ranking your funnel and running Google ads to your funnel and all these things, then you're going to miss out on a lot of people. Agreed. Yeah, I think that was a perfect breakdown. Um, and it, like I, we use, we'll use landing pages, but it's usually if their website is just so horrible that we yeah. know it's not going to convert <laughs> a single person we send to it. Then we're like, uh, why, don't, why don't you let us build a, a landing page for you? Um, but yeah. a, a good website is so important, guys. And, uh, Man, it it shouldn't even be a thought of whether you should substitute a landing page for it. Uh, don't just don't go there. <laughs> um, all right. Also, uh, another thing I wanted to touch on because we a lot of people in our industry, uh, maybe not just our industry, uh, business owners everywhere, uh, go for our free offers all the time, like such as a free website, free whatever. Um, and I always think free is the most expensive decision you can make, right? If someone uh, says they're going to give you a free website or they're going to give you something for free that's supposed to bring value to your business and be better than everything else that's out there. Um, And I know from our conversations, you've seen this go out there as well. Um, What are are some pitfalls (laughs) that people should avoid because they're attracted just because of the cost part, right? They're they're thinking of that initial cost, not that long-term investment or repercussions of going with free. So can can you uh, just give some insights on why people should be cautious going into free stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty common like business mistake to step over a dollar to pick up a penny. And a lot of times, you know, you don't even know you're stepping over that dollar initially just to pick up that penny, but um, you know, it happens. And especially with a time like COVID where, you know, there's so much uncertainty, especially with like, you know, whether our students are coming back or not, and when we're going to be able to open and stuff like that. It's usually our knee jerk reaction to, okay, I got to cut as many costs as possible. So of course, something that's free looks, you know, really, uh, you know, looks really good, something that you would probably want to, to take up. So I don't, I don't blame people for, for thinking that way. You know what I mean? So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's obviously, uh, repercussions that come along with, you know, potentially getting rid of something that was working really well with you, but came at a cost for something that's free. Um, you know, just what I've seen in our industry in terms of the the free offerings that are out there, um, there there's specialists in this industry, right? There's people who are really good at what they do. You think about someone like you know Roland Osborne. You know, he is a specialist when it comes to staff training and, and making people better instructors and you know, and, and Dave Kovar and, uh, you know, all, all the different consultants out there, like they, they really focus on what they do best. And, um, you know, a, a lot of times when you see these kind of free offerings that are thrown out there, they're more used as a way to get you interested in potentially, you know, what their main focus is, but that thing that they're offering for free really isn't their main focus. Um, and it sucks when that thing that you're potentially, you know, signing up for has such a big impact on your business, like your website, um, yeah. you know, because we hear all the time how much of a impact a really good website can have on a business. 
you know, it could be a, a very serious tool to, to bring more students into your, your school. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's obviously technical things that I could dive into in terms of, you know, what I see out there that's being done wrong and, you know, compared to what we're doing. But just in general, I would just be cautious of it. You know, are they really the true experts or is it just a, you know, kind of like a gimmick to get you to, to buy something else? And yeah, it's kind of my, my thoughts there. Awesome. Now, uh, going, I want to go a little bit onto like the entrepreneurial journey because uh, I think everyone in our, in our um, industry, like knows you as a website guy and all of that, but really you've grown a, a business and done a really good job of doing it. Um, what what are some of the things that you've learned through the entrepreneurial part of this that has helped you scale um, while continuing to keep the quality of what you're doing? Because that, that's that's something that always impresses me because I know how hard it is to scale when you get an onslaught of new clients. Yeah. Um, so what what are some tips that you can give to entrepreneurs out there looking to scale that that you sort of learned from your journey? Yeah, I I think the entrepreneur journey is a very personal one and. Uh, you know, anyone that's doing it will have to figure out what matters most to them. But I can mm-hmm. share a little bit, you know, about me, you know, personally. Um, I, I really love what I do, like genuinely, like that's, it's not just a cliche type thing. Like I did this before I was making the money that I'm making now. I started doing this when I was 13 years old, just because I liked it. You know, I, I, I traded in going out to parties and stuff in high school. So that way I could stay home and code and use Photoshop and stuff like that. Like, so, so I, I do what I do because I love it. And if market muscles was to, you know, be gone tomorrow, I would continue to do what I do. So, I mean, that's, I think that's really important because anytime you're going down this journey of uh, being an entrepreneur, you put in some pretty hellish hours at yep. times. And if you don't really love what you do, it's going to suck. You know, like you might as well just go work a job because yes. you know, you'll have a lot more free time that way. Um, but in terms of like my motivation now, uh, especially with a team of 14 and, you know, we're continuing to build up, um, I, I, I genuinely mean this, that I really don't care about money anymore. And like, I care in the sense that it's given me the, the lifestyle that I have now and like, you know, uh, my house and my car and all that stuff, which is great. But like, I really care about how can I make my team's life better? You know, how can I... I want to employ more people because I want to have a bigger impact on people. Uh, I want to have more clients because I want to see more school owners be successful. Like the money thing is just like a a, a thing that lets me keep score, I guess. Sure. Of, you know how big of an impact we're making. <laughs> yep. But but in general, like I'm not doing like I don't care about a bigger house or like a fancier car or anything like that. But that's me personally. You know, other people might have have different values, and there's nothing wrong with caring about those things. I'm not saying there there is, but that's just kind of where I am in this journey right now. I love that answer. Uh, it is very much in line with the, the same way that we run the agency, right? I, I had a call with an agency owner the other day that's been doing it way longer than I have. Uh, and we we're talking about our teams and uh, he goes, wait, you're, you have people employed? He's like, they're not contractors. And I was like, no, I'm like, they're employees. They get benefits. Uh, we're setting up retirement funds for them. Like, like, and he's like, why? He's like, why would you do that? He's like, it's not as cost effective. And I was like, well, me investing in my employees creates a better product for our, our clients, right? Like th- these are people that we're taking care of. And 
I know that if I go above and beyond for them, they're going to go above and beyond for our clients. And it was, it was funny, just like the mindset of, of this person where they're just like, why would you do that? Like, why, why, <laughs> why is that your focus? Like you want to get an overseas team, like pay them like $2 an hour. And, and, um, so yeah, very, very similar. Like I, I just want to make sure my team is set up for life. Like I want them to be, happy to brag about what they do for a living and where they work and, and the opportunities provided. And, uh, um, that that's super motivating to me. And then I, I think COVID too was a, a really cool, I know it sucked, right? COVID sucked, but <laughs> I think that the cool part of it was you had a lot of people sort of realize that they were in a tough situation, like right in that moment. And, uh, I think the one thing that you and I have in common is we had this ability to not only like help people survive that, but also help them to even get to a better place maybe than they were before COVID um, just by helping them to increase their lead flow or, or whatever it is. And I know you guys, you did so many uh, great like videos and things and, and did so many things to help out people during that time, which, which was awesome. And uh, I, I think being able to see those people just have that sense of stress and doubt and being overwhelmed, just sort of leave them and, have this excitement back again, almost like they're re-energized, the team's re-energized. That, that's been so cool to see. Uh, and I know you've had a big part in doing that for a lot of, a lot of school owners as well. Um, what it, uh, since we're staying on, we're talking about COVID a little bit, um, I don't think it's going to go anywhere or start moving until like summertime, maybe. I don't even know. I'm not an expert on this. But um, <laughs> what, what are some things that, that you're thinking people are going to have to continue doing to pivot to be able to adapt to who knows what the hell's coming this year, but what what are some things that you would advise uh, uh, business owners on doing to adapt? Yeah, it's such a complicated question because obviously we don't know. That's why I asked it? <laughs> yeah, and and also you know each location is different. You know, Florida. I'm pretty sure there isn't COVID in Florida. Like they just said, this doesn't exist. They're acting here. like it. Yeah, yeah Arizona's but, close uh, to that. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I made a post on social media right when this started. And I remember, um, you know, when, when we went into our first lockdown, um, you know, one of my developers came to me and they're like, hey, what do you think about creating like a, essentially a Zoom, but specifically for like martial arts schools to do their, you know, live classes and stuff. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, look, I don't want to invest all that time and in, into something that might last only two weeks. Sure. And here we are a year later. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, that was pretty dumb. But the post that I made all the way back then was uh, basically the school's culture is going to be tested in the schools that have a good culture in place will do just fine. Yep. And I think that that came to be true because the ones that really invested in their branding and you know their relationships with their students with having a specific culture of positivity and um, you know just just really uh, built a really strong community within their school they had people that stuck by them through this this yeah. thing and still wanted to come to class regardless of the medium that was being used to you know, teach the class. So I think the schools that suffered a lot were the ones that didn't value those things as much as the ones that did. So yeah, I would just, you know, encourage martial arts schools to kind of, if they haven't gone down that journey yet of identifying their culture and figuring out how they can make that more of what they do than to do that more. Because, you know, my, my wife, who's a big part of market muscles, she, even before COVID happened, she said, we need to figure out how to make this business recession proof. 
she was thinking about this before because I, I don't know if you remember, but like economists have been talking about a recession for a while now, just because it's yeah, been a while right. since since we've had one. So you know they're kind of just expecting that we would have one, and COVID hit, and I would say it definitely caused a bit of a recession, even though the stock market's doing great, but you know unemployment numbers are up and everything. So you know at, at Market Muscles, we've been thinking about okay, how do how do we make ourselves recession proof? And I think that's a constant thought that business owners should have in general. So, you know, making the right choices with saving money, you know, being able to uh, have money, those reserves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I remember, you know, once COVID was hitting, I was able to go into our Slack group, uh, you know, with my team and, and type really confidently to them that, yep. listen, guys, we don't know what's going to happen, but your jobs are secure. And that was a really good feeling because we, you know, saved money and we, we, we made sure that we were going to be recession proof. Thankfully, you know, thankfully my wife uh, had that thought and, um, you know, being in that position allows you to continue to do things like pay for marketing and pay for your website and not have to pull back because you have all these businesses that are pulling back their expenses. It leaves open a lot, you know, a super wide lane for the ones that are still investing in their marketing and in their websites and, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. That's just our experience and what I've seen. So hopefully, that's that's helpful for some of the listeners. No, I think that's super important. Uh, and we, we were we did the same thing with our employees. We're like, hey, don't worry, you got, you guys will be fine. But it, if we didn't manage the finances the right way ahead of time, like we would have been screwed. And um, it was sad to see how many how many school owners were sort of in that position. Um, and just from like the marketing standpoint. Uh, there's a Warren Buffett quote that he says, when everyone's fearful, be greedy. When everyone's greedy, be fearful. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that, that that I think benefited for our school and, and some of our clients too was like, everyone started restricting everything, right? Because they didn't have the cash reserves. They didn't have the cash reserves to keep marketing or doing anything. And we were fortunate to have that. And, and so were some of our clients that we weren't even actually like in business yet, but we were just doing some marketing for some schools. And um I was like, go all in now. Like, let's go all in. Let's get let's get people on Zoom. Like, figure it out. And those people are able to come out of this like really, really strong, right? Yeah. Um, but also, I think as as a business owner, like you, you guys have that responsibility to your team to make sure that you're you're setting the business up to be able to survive those different things. And and uh, unfortunately, COVID was out of everyone's control, right? So there's no way to be able to control that thing happening, but. The, the businesses that were, were saving and doing what they were supposed to, their finances were the ones that are able to make it out. Um, and I know my, my business partner uh, who I had on, on this podcast, he's, he's got plenty of money saved and then reserved and everything. But I remember right when COVID hit, the stock market took a dip because everyone was like unsure. And it was a very short period. But I remember meeting with him. He's like, us $350,000 today <laughs> in the stock market. And, and here's this guy that has all these resources um, because he, he built up a hundred orange theory locations and sold them. And, and even, even him, like, he's like, yeah, he's like that, that, that was a kick to the balls <laughs> right there. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, the, I, I think that's something that, that I would encourage everyone on this to do. If, if you have no idea where to start um, profit first is a great book. If you haven't read that, have you read that Stephen? Yeah. No, I, we operate in the profit first model. So we've yes, got the five bank accounts. <laughs> yep. So yeah, d- definitely check that out. I think I've mentioned that like in half the podcast that I've done so far, but definitely do that. Yeah. Um, 
Stephen, who are uh, who who are some people that you're paying attention to and like following and, and learning from? Because uh, I know you have a growth mindset, much like myself. So I, I'm always interested in hearing who who are the people that you're paying attention to. Yeah, so I recently started down this this journey of uh, uh, I guess just growing as a person, right? So I think 35 days ago or so, I I got on my Peloton finally. I bought it back in July, and it was just you like been a, killing that Peloton. <laughs> about time because I, I like I said I bought it back in June or July or something like that it was just a really expensive paperweight for a while I mean it just stood in the corner and looked pretty but finally uh, you know a little bit over a month ago I got on the bike and uh, I started first I got interested in the 75 hard challenge you know what that is I know I okay I've so, known nothing about Peloton besides the bike with cool classes and attracts like your your stats. Yeah. So this, this 75 hard challenge. Where's Peloton commercial ever right there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sponsor the show guys. (laughs) Um, The 75 hard challenge. It's not Peloton related, but I forgot the guy's name. He's got a podcast and a book and I I picked it up from some business group that I'm part of, but basically it's a 75 day challenge where you do two 45 minute workouts. One has to be outside. You don't drink, you, you know, eat a diet. You're supposed to read 10 pages a day. Like there's all these rules that go along with it. And I was like, all right, that sounds pretty cool. Cause after a year of being stuck inside and like not working out and eating everything that yep. <laughs> was inside, I was like, oh, I got to do something. That was the best and, while it lasted, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. That's for sure. But, uh, I, so I started with that 75 hard thing and then I changed it up a little bit, which maybe that means I failed, but I don't know. But so I, I either way, I've been working out every day and, you know, doing my diet and, uh, one of the things that I started doing is reading every day. And um, you can see in the video, but obviously the listeners can't see. I've got this fancy little bookshelf here. And uh, I was a collector of business books for a while. I would just buy them because everyone told you to buy this book and that book. And I'd maybe read a little bit of it, but then I'd like close it up and throw it on the shelf. And I'm pretty sure it's been like since high school where I've actually completed a book like cover to cover. And uh you know, ever since I started this this little journey of reading at least 10 pages a day, I'm now two and a half books in. I've actually finished a book, which seems silly, but it's like it made me feel really good. Like, hey, I'm yeah. I'm completing something here and I'm 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 learning stuff. So uh sorry, long story long. Um I've been <laughs> I've been reading uh I've been going back through e myth. Like I, I read like 80% of e myth in the past, which yep. pretty pretty amazing book. Um I went through Russell Brunson stuff again. Uh, I've been listening to podcasts. Uh, Alex Hormozzi has a really yep. good podcast. Um, I'll listen to Neil Patel's podcast, which is like Neil's a awesome. yeah, SEO guy. Um, so yeah, just I mean, I, I just jump around to a bunch of different stuff. But yeah, I guess that's that's kind of what I've been listening to recently. Nice, awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you read Hormozzi's book? I have not read it. Jim no. Launch, I think it was Jim Launch Secrets. Was that what it was yeah. called? Yeah. Yep. So that, that was actually pretty interesting. There were some cool concepts in there about just like selling and membership businesses and things. Um, I thought that was pretty good. I, I have a love-hate relationship with him. I think some of his stuff is like sort of borderline shady. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, he he's a smart dude with operating a business, though. He's, he's got a, a lot of good things that, that he that's about. So that, that's cool. Is, is that Tool of Titans I see back there? Yeah, I haven't read it yet. That's my one book. <laughs> yeah, I, I have it right here too. Oh, okay, nice. That, that's like the one book I don't think I'm ever going to finish. 
it's like 900 pages, but it's yeah. like one of those good books that like, if you need some quick motivation, you just open and, and thumb through it a little bit. That's good. Um, and then <laughs> E-Myth, I think that's like the book I always recommend for starting entrepreneurs because, um, I think especially in our industry, like everyone's like, Oh, I'm a martial artist. I can run a business, but then it's like two separate skill sets to make that happen. Yeah. Um, and, and then realizing that of course, cool. Um, you want to do some quick fire questions? I always love Let's this. Do it. Sure. All right, person you hate the most in our industry. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Adam Kiefer. <laughs> uh, awesome. That's, that's going to be the clip to intro this podcast. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right. Um, Steven, what is uh what what's your current uh TV show that you're watching? Shoot, I watch so little TV now. Um I get I started the first two episodes of Cobra Kai of the new season because I've watched the, the the first two seasons. So I guess that and I'm waiting for Dexter to come back. I'm a big Dexter oh my fan. God. So that was such a good show, except the last season was awful. The last season was trash. Yeah. Anyone I tell to watch the show, I always say, watch it, but not the last season. Just skip that one. Yeah, I want them but to I'm endure the same pain that I went through. So I'm like, watch the whole thing. <laughs> uh, well. So what what I know you're in the eighties and nineties R and B. What what's uh who who's a current artist that you listen to? Oh man. My my music genre scale so far, um, probably. So there's a band called Dance Gavin Dance. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but no, but I'm writing that down. Oh gosh, now now people I'm are gonna know music. crazy music I listen to. Um, th- that's like German techno. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's like kind of like hardcore rock music, I guess you could say, uh, but very melodic. It's very good, and uh, I mean, I always go back to like. Bands that I listened to when I was in high school, like, uh, uh, geez, Seosin and Under Oath and like all sorts of rock bands. And then I love R&B too. So I always throw on New Edition and Usher. Yes. And- <laughs> New Edition. I forgot about them. I, I'm going to have to crank that up. Um, any, any hidden talents, Steven? Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I used to play video games kind of professionally. Like I used to travel around the United States and really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played this game called Counter Strike for way too long. I know that um, game. Yeah, so I used to play in tournaments for money and stuff like that. But I was way before my time. Like I don't know if you've seen how big esports is. Dude, so it's like, insane. Yeah, like NFL it's, contracts. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Some of the biggest teams, like Hundred Thieves, is the name of the team that Drake is like a half owner of. And like they've got their compound in LA and it's like 20,000 square feet of like the craziest stuff you can imagine. They're sponsored by Chipotle and uh, yeah, all, all these big brands. So yeah, it's it's pretty incredible to see where it's at now. But no, I was playing in like warehouses with like no air conditioner and stuff like that. It was not glamorous at the time that I was playing, but crazy. it was fun. <laughs> see dad, video games, you can make a living. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, all right. Uh, what what is the worst job you've ever had? Ooh, interesting. Maybe McDonald's. I worked there when I was 14 years old for like six months. And I think I got paid $5 and 15 cents an hour. Bala. And I would like take my paycheck and go straight to Best Buy and just buy like tech stuff. <laughs> like that was my that was my 14-year-old life. Hey, yeah, it got, it got you started on the on yeah. the, the tech journey, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, so you got you got Pulse coming out, which uh, I'm excited for when that that goes full release. It's in beta right now, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got 
maybe 30 or 40 people that are just testing it out and, you know, we're making updates every day. Our goal is sometime in February to, to start letting more people in. Okay. Uh, the big the big tool that we're waiting uh, till we have done like really well is the member import tool because that's a big piece for yeah, people are looking number. to switch. Yeah. So um, yeah. So sometime in February is our goal for that. Cool. Awesome. Anything else that you're you're working on, or anything that you're you're any events coming up, or anything that you want to tell everyone about? I know there's not many events right now because of uh, COVID. But. Yeah, I I just can't wait till we can get back to these events, the super show and, you know, everything else that that's going on, you know, hopefully fingers crossed those things happen in a, yep. in a safe environment where we can start to see humans again in person. And, uh, but no, actually we'll, we'll be at, um, there's an event in February that's being hosted by Maya in, uh, in Florida. So <laughs> funny, but not funny. Two of our employees got COVID already. So they're going to be going to the event. Me too. So. <laughs> oh, you got, okay. So yeah, so they're like, hey, we'll go. I'm like, we'll take the trip to Florida because I guess they feel safe already because they- We're immune. Yeah, yeah. You guys are superhuman. So mm. we'll, we'll have some representation there, which will be cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we'll have to talk. We'd love to have you at our event in November and and have you come and speak and hang out. Hopefully uh, COVID craziness has died down a little bit by then. Um, I cannot wait to travel again. I'm missing my trips to Japan that I usually take every year. And now it's been almost two years since I've gone. So I can't wait to to start traveling you again. Steven, I got you. I'll take a GoPro. I'll fly to Japan. It'll be like you're there. <laughs> we'll live stream it. You just tell me where to go. It'll be, it'll be go. perfect. <laughs> All right. Steven, hey, man, I, I know you're a super busy guy. And I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on the podcast and just share everything you know about digital media, websites, CRMs, video gaming, all of that good <laughs> stuff. But uh, no, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here. And um, uh, if you guys don't have a Market Muscles website, go to marketmuscles.com, message Steven, get on that. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Steven. And that's a wrap. Hey guys, thanks again for joining the podcast. Uh, I want to also give a plug to Steven's podcast, the Market Muscles podcast. If you guys are in the martial arts industry and looking uh, just for some other information and, and some great interviews, go check out his podcast as well. And remember to subscribe to ours, share it with your friends, tell everyone you know. Uh, we just want to help to bring as much great value and information to our industry as possible. We'll see you in the next episode.